Hey you babies, it's me, Dan. <laughs> and I'm Simon. And this is only the best. Everyone's favorite podcast exclusively about Animal Crossing's New Horizon. I love it. He did it. And remember, folks, it's not cannibalism when it's the rich. That's true. Dude, Simon's killing it. Good job, Simon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for completely replacing Tim permanently. Yeah, well... In this show and in my life. You know, I figured everyone needs a sassy Mexican, so... (laughs) Goodbye, Tim. (laughs) Out with the old, in with the new. Tim was a very lackluster, sexy, sassy Mexican. I will do my best to replace him. Thanks. Uh, So, anyways, (laughs) I suppose you're wondering why I've called you here. I I was, Daniel. So, today's episode is a little variation of a game we once played on here that you were not around for. Today, we are choosing five cassette tapes to bring to a deserted island. So, basically, our five favorite albums from... A cassette tape era. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I exclusively picked Dave Matthews Band. Every okay. every one of them, Dave Matthews Band. Oh. One after the other. Well, that's a little awkward, Daniel, because I also only brought Dave Matthews Band, except it wasn't Dave Matthews Band, it was just Dave Matthews. He's actually here today in the studio with us. Come on out, Dave. I <laughs> Don't drink the water, Daniel. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Uh, Now that our... So anyway... Oh, no. (laughs) I just (laughs) looked down at Simon's list. Oh, Uh, what... (laughs) Well, if, if you think back to what I said last week, Daniel, getting canceled actually gets you more publicity. All right. Well, well... Why don't you start with the first album on your list? (laughs) All right. So uh, the first album that I would bring to a deserted island is probably Deja and Tendu by Brand New. And why? Uh, Why are you on this island, first of all? Have (laughs) you been kicked out of society? Well, funnily enough, I was actually the only Brand New fan to ever exist in the current 2021 year. So they invited me onto their private jet, and here we are. Oh, no. Yeah. Simon, what happened to you on that jet? Well, they kicked me out, and the only thing they gave me was, <laughs> was Deja and Tendu. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's my uh, only possession. So for anyone listening at home who doesn't know, uh, Jesse Lacey of Brand New was a very icky man. And a bad man. We yeah, he was a bad man. And we don't listen to that anymore. No. And I'm shaming something. And no, obviously okay. obviously I wouldn't listen to it either except I'm on this deserted yeah. island. And what's gonna so, you know. You know. Yeah, I feel it. I mean sometimes the songs come on and you gotta be like uh, I don't know. You know, the bass line. Yeah, the boop boops. Yeah. The beep boops. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Alright, so I can't I can only morally judge you not sonically. Okay, well, that's Let's put perfect. it that way. That's per- you know, I agree. It's got <laughs> it's got some real good songs there. Ignoring, mm-hmm. you know, the song that's literally about what the man was doing. <laughs> you know, we uh, I actually wasn't gonna talk about that one. Um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying there were some there were some bops on this album, Daniel. You yeah. know, you've got you've got sick transit, Gloria fades. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, that the one yeah well i was ignoring that for okay. the sake of okay. my soul so 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you after. I was about to say, um, sure I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. Yeah, is a song that I have still hung on to from time to time. Well, yeah, and that's honestly that's one of the better ones. But I think the one that everyone always forgets off of this one is the boy who blocked his own shot. Oh yeah. You know, it's got that. It's not quite brand new. It's that quiet acoustic sort Mm -hmm. of. I don't know, but it's it never gets mentioned with the best out of the album. Right. I think it's it's a pretty underrated song. Great. I love it. Right. And uh, what was your what was your first? Uh so my my uh my top one. So this is kind of in no particular order, really. Yeah, oh yeah, I just sort of threw mm-hmm. them all together. Uh the first one on my list is Dulcinea by Toad the Wet Sprocket. A gorgeous album. If you uh if you've been listening for a long time, about two years ago was the 25th anniversary of that album, and Tim and I talked about it. Don't go back and listen to that, because it's a two-year-old episode of this podcast, and it'll make you want to, like, pop your own eardrums with a toothpick. Back before you had the sassy Mexican here. Back before, back when we just had Tim to, acting as a sassy to, Mexican. To create controversy. Yeah. Get you canceled. <laughs> we, we need a really uh, sassy Mexican hashtag <laughs> so people will start talking. <laughs> No, we talked about it because it's an album that he and I both love. I learned about Toad the West Brocket. The first album I listened to by them was Fear, and it's a very good album. And then I found this album. What happened? I was in central Colorado in a used store, and I found Dulcinea, and I was like, hey, it's the Fear. It's the Fear band. And so I bought the CD for, like, I don't know, negative three cents or whatever <laughs> in those weird stores. And I've been in love with it ever since. It is just so... It's timeless. It's... I think it's like... What would that be? 94? But it's really timeless. Rock and roll. Not like rock and roll, but like soft rock, whatever you call it. I don't know. It's just... It's always timeless. What was was your favorite song? If you had to recommend one to our listeners out there. Opening track is Fly From Heaven, and I really love it. Other than that, I'd say Windmills. Crowing is good. Crowing is number three. Reincarnation song, I would not suggest to anyone, except I always want to make people listen to it because it's just him, like, croaking out these weird, like, dying breaths and then screaming the word mother over and over again <laughs> because he's, you know, it's about, you know. It's Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah. <laughs> classic Toad. It's classic Toad. And then you, li- but you listen to Windmills in the middle and it's just this most gorgeously produced acoustic song. See, Really that's pretty. that's actually the only one I've heard from that album, and that's what I would have recommended. Which one? Windmills? Windmills. Yeah. It's really just like I'm not a huge Toad the Wet Sprocket fan, but mm-hmm. that's honestly one of my favorites. Oh, it's so good, dude. Listen to the whole album. It's it ranges sonically a lot. Because some of them are like really pretty, like I don't know, almost what do you call? Kind of spacey songs like that. Mm-hmm. Some songs on that you can really tell that Nirvana got popular since their last album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. What, what's your next album, buddy? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so my next album was We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes by Death Cab for Cutie. Mm. Uh, so this, probably one of Death Cab's like, lesser popular albums. You know, it's it's pretty different from their style today or even in the last 10 years. It came out um, in the year 2000, and it's sort of that peak indie emo alternative mm-hmm. brand, which is very off-brand for them. But it was actually the first album that I ever owned. Oh. 
Yeah. So, you know, how old were you when you got it? Uh, I was 15. Um, they were my first concert and the opening song that they played was company calls at, at, um, I think I want to say it was Missoula, um, a concert at the college and it, what, what I song just, was it? uh, company calls, which is an That's absolute my favorite switchfoot song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I blanked on a name. I'm oh. sure it would have been funny. I'm sorry. It's okay. That's probably my fault. No, me. no, it was going to be, it was making fun of them. Don't worry. Uh, um, yeah, but I, I heard it and I absolutely fell in love with it and yeah. they're still it's pretty that, off brand. Is that how you found, like, is that how you learned about Death Cab was going to that show? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is. I heard, um, you know, I got this album cause I was like, oh, it's a cool album cover. It's indie. It's two thousands. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, they're playing a show at the college. So I went there. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Cannot recommend them enough. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely a really down to earth band. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And now, uh, what's your second album? Daniel? My second album. What What is it again? Ooh, Beacon Street Collection from No Doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's that face for? Uh, you know, I think I speak for literally everyone on the planet Earth when I say that No Doubt is the best band of all time. Dude, come on. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. All right. So, what would you recommend off that? Oh, um, I would recommend you listen to total hate on repeat one for i don't know three days straight probably uh it has what's his name i'm blanking on his name the the guy he uh was from sublime i don't remember his name gosh i had it i just said it earlier and now i forgot it but uh it's fine sublime dude was on that song no uh total hate and it's just one of it's in my top no doubt tracks mm -hmm. it's like my top one the whole album i don't know if i have a favorite no doubt album because they're all so different but i would listen to that one because i feel like i feel like it's got the best of all the no doubt worlds of the 90s they're still punk enough in there you know they they swung into pop into the 2000s and it was still good but they still had enough punk on that album, and I love it. Well, and I think one of my favorite things about No Doubt is, I mean, I know I'm going to sound like everyone else when I say this, but Gwen Stefani is just such a versatile singer. Dude, I know. And she was so cool back then. She's always been cool, but she was the coolest, I feel like, around this album. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was... Right? 1995 was before my time, but like... I mean, I me too, confirm. but I find this stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely Dude, confirm. Right? She's, like, I feel like... It's not bad of me to say that Gwen Stefani is not as cool as she was because she stopped covering Vandal's songs. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you stop covering Vandal's songs and marry a country boy. Okay, did you see that video, though? It was just a couple weeks ago. Look this up, babies. Um, Seth Meyers and what's his name? Blake Shelton mm -hmm. were talking because Gwen sung on some of his songs this year. And Seth Meyers goes, so are you going to, like, sing on a ska song with her? And Blake, <laughs> and Blake goes, well, to be honest, I don't really know what exactly ska is. <laughs> and then, which was cringy enough, and then Seth Meyers goes, yeah, I think it's like a raggae thing. Raggae? Yeah. yeah my favorite. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Babe but Marley, my favorite. Babe Marley, yeah. I love, I love Babe Marley. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was the cringiest video I've ever seen. It like my skin hurt while I was watching it. 
<laughs> I don't really know what Scar exactly is. <laughs> Well, well, unfortunately for all of our wonderful viewers out there, I don't have any uh, rage in in my <laughs> top five lists, but I do have something a little more on brand. Uh, I am talking about the one, the only, Pablo Honey by Radiohead. Ooh, yeah, Radiohead. So you've got Death Cab <laughs> and Radiohead. We know. <laughs> you now know who Simon is completely. Can you tell that I am just a loose collection of quirks and hair dye? <laughs> Uh, you know, but honestly, I know everyone's like, oh, Radiohead, I love Creep, and then that's the only song they mm -hmm. know. But this album, even wipe Creep completely off the face of the planet, it never existed. Wipe this... some crepes. <laughs> <laughs> this album is still one of my favorite Radiohead albums of all time. Yeah. You know, you've got Thinking About You, just absolutely raw emotion. Yeah. Uh, you've got Anyone Can Play Guitar, which is probably the worst guitar song I've ever heard, <laughs> but is pretty good in terms of lyrically. Yeah. Prove Yourself, also amazing. Like, and not to mention, in this in this reality, it did have Creep, which is probably one of the most iconic rock songs of all time. Yeah. And also, whenever you listen to Radiohead, you can think about Katy Perry's other life. <laughs> And that's a plus too. You can you can wistfully daydream about what could have been with you and Katy Perry while you're on the island. It's because baby, you're a national anthem. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> fun. I don't know that album at all. I know crepe. That's it. Crepe, crepe. Yeah, and that's that's my other favorite thing about this album. It sounds nothing like the rest of Radiohead's discography. Because, you know, this is this has a lot of guitars. It's got actually sung lyrics. And then you go further down the line and you get stuff like Weird Fishes and All I Want and Idiotech. Oh, I love All I Want by Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> it's, it's all connected, see? It's kind of weird of them to put All I Want by Toad the Wet Sprocket on there. Yeah, I, I thought but... it was a weird cover, <laughs> but I mean, uh, if Gwen Stefani can cover Vandals. Right. Well, now we're, now we're, that was your hump day. Now I'm at my hump day. Um, and I've got A Liturgy, A Legacy, A Ragamuffin Band by Rich Mullins. This is the one, like, childhood album I've got. Um, Rich Mullins, was, I, I, I think my mom probably had this on cassette. I don't know. She had it on something. And he was a hairy CCM artist <laughs> who wrote really, really beautiful, interesting music. And I, I've always looked up to him because he made a lot of money off music. And so I, I found out this is just one of the most interesting parts about him. Not really, though. He had really interesting, like, philosophy that didn't really fit with the rest of his, like, I guess, peers in music. Um, I think somebody did the math and said at his, like, peak, which was about when this album was, he was making, like, a few million dollars a year or something. But he didn't know it. He didn't want to know it. He was um, he was kind of a Franciscan guy, except he said he didn't have the he didn't have the guts to be Catholic, so he just pretended he was Franciscan, sent his money to someone else, and said, "Give me whatever the average working class American is gonna get," and lived on a native reservation and like built schools for him and stuff. And I'm like, that dude is the coolest dude ever. Just just making music to make music. Yeah, that's making music to make music, and then just like. 
he like and everything he, he did so much like for just in his sphere shedding light on a lot of the terrible things that were still happening on native reservations and he did a lot of work in that too and lived there and stuff and i i think the dude is cool as heck and it comes out in like the poetry of his music too so i i don't know if i could live without that album that's a good point for for all of our viewers who maybe don't know this who is rich mullins okay yeah he like i said he was a shirtless not a shoeless hairy ccm artist christian contemporary in the 90s um and he was he's just weird he didn't really fit with everybody else he uh was recording a record i want to say it was 97 or 98 he had just put down the demos for it and he died in a car wreck so he he never really fully finished the kind of artistic stuff he said this is my most important record and then died so he never like really fulfilled what he wanted to do but you know he he just had he was a he was a poet he was really cool he he was yeah he was out there another another inspiring story of an artist gone too soon i know yeah and then ever after he dies everybody's like everybody pays attention i wasn't born yet back to vandals back, back to the vandals all right now for everybody who was wondering when creed would show up <laughs> <laughs> speaking of ccm <laughs> uh okay so um i definitely didn't have creed on my list um <laughs> How about you go again, Daniel, while I find a suitable replacement? I mean, no, no, um, don't, don't. Wait, you have Creed on your list? <laughs> no, I have Nirvana. <laughs> oh, well, it's your turn. Okay, so I, I'm gonna have to be completely honest here. I was not a huge grunge fan. It happened, mm -hmm. it happened a little bit too, uh, too early for you. Were for me. just an apple. I was, I was not even the, the barest the idea, yeah. of existing yet. But I'm going to have to go with the iconic Nevermind because mm. it's a great album. And yeah. literally every song on here is probably good enough to be a standalone single. Dude, I love Kevin Devine. <laughs> Kevin Devine. Hey, hey, we're not talking about brand new right now, Daniel. <laughs> I, know you, I know you love them, but uh, it does not smell like teen spirit. Did, in you know, did you know that Kevin Devine covered that whole album? Nevermind. Yeah, oh he put God. he put it out. He put out Nevermind by Kevin Devine. Hence the joke. I'm speechless. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna have to go home and listen to that because. Yeah. Actually, do I want to listen to that? I listened to a few songs once. It's nothing. I feel like it's not anything to write home about. I think he did it for like because he wanted to. I think he did it because he loved it. You know. Well, that's cool. that's cool. I can get behind that, I guess. In terms of, in terms of artists who I never thought would cover another artist, it was probably Kevin Devine and Nirvana. Right. Yeah, I I feel like he's a really big Nirvana fan. I feel like that's kind of his thing. That's insane. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I feel like Nirvana doesn't really need explaining, and yeah. if it does need explaining, then. You, Who are you? Yeah, you probably shouldn't be listening to a music podcast. Ooh. Burn. Sick burn. burn. <laughs> we deal in top tracks and sick burns. Your favorite Animal Crossing New Horizon <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Okay, so my second to last on this list, I must stress again that this is in no particular order. Um, because this one, very, I, I can't think of a top one. 
Uh, but my next one is August and Everything After by Counting Crows. Gosh, heck, darn. It gets me. I can feel I can feel my blood moving around my arms and getting all pumped up just thinking about this album. It's so good. I don't know. I think I was probably like 12 or 13 when I started listening to this album, and I've never stopped like listening to it. Ever. Oh, it's so good. Uh, definitely, I love Round Here, the opening track. Maybe the best opening track of all time, Round Here. I could listen to that over and over again. One of the best closing tracks ever, too, with A Murder of One. Totally, like, nailed the opening and closing tracks. Uh, and then singles, you can't top Mr. Jones in Omaha. Mr. Jones is probably the weakest song on there just because of how overplayed it is. I think it's the weakest song on there, not that it's a weak song, but because of how overplayed it is and how... Well, and I think I think August and Everything After also has a lot of those songs that probably don't get as much respect as they deserve. Like, mm-hmm. like Raining in Baltimore, didn't Dude. even mention. It's an amazing song. Yeah, I mean, I could have mentioned the whole album to you. Because they're all amazing. Right. Anna Begins, mm-hmm. just like it starts to like pick up. Yeah, it's great. There is also a live version of which one? The opening one, uh, Round Here. Mm-hmm. There's a live version of Round Here where before they do the bridge they're like about to do the bridge around here they slow it down do the entirety of raining in baltimore and then pick back up into the bridge around here and it just like beats you into the ground it's gorgeous i mean he's such a good musician too. i know and if you get online and you start to like watch him do stuff live i love doing that because he like he twists his lyrics and he kind of does this kind of like freestyle poetry and some people hate it I've seen people online like, how could you do that to your own songs? And it's like, but it makes them so good. Well, and I think if you're someone in that position, you've probably you've earned the right to do whatever you want to your music. That's, yeah. That's I mean, like, it's your, it. you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, Luke. Number five. All right. So, I mean, compared to, compared to August and everything after, this album's a little bit weak. But oh. uh, my, my pick for the fifth cassette I would bring to a deserted island is um this town needs guns by this town needs guns nice. so uh this is probably one of the the earlier it i was pushing the limits on whether this is actually a cassette album because mm-hmm. it came out in 2008 um but my reasoning here was that the last car fun fact for the day everyone the last car to include a tape player a cassette player came out in 2011 so 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 technically okay i mean counts. i guess we won't google to see if there was an original tape release of that album no no we won't, we won't. okay and we won't neither will neither will you listeners oh uh, they're called babies babies neither will you babies i feel Thank weird you. doing that well you shouldn't okay i Welcome don't to the family <laughs> i don't feel weird anymore babies Thank you for welcoming me into your family. <laughs> I, I don't know this album at all. I don't know oh, this artist. Okay, so imagine if American football mm-hmm. was British and couldn't sing, but had a better guitar player. And that is This Town Needs Guns. Oh, toe. <laughs> yeah, I love Helmet. Um, <laughs> you've got real classic songs on here. 26 is dancier than 4. Um Japanese ultra violence and D minor and want to come back to my room and listen to some Bell and Sebastian. Mm. 
pretty great song names, but then a song that basically founded or was one of the founding pillars of the Midwestern emo movements and the so the math or, rock movement. Or, or the revival. The revival. Yeah, the, the yeah. Midwestern emo revival. Mm-hmm. Is if I sit still, maybe I'll get out of here. Probably one of the most iconic guitar opening opening guitar riffs all right. of all time. I cannot I one. cannot recommend it enough to anyone out there. I love it. I one of my favorite albums all time. Cool. All right, I'll, I'll be listening to that one. Say that. Say it again. Uh, this town needs guns. By this town needs guns. Okay. Well. All right, and your, oh yeah, my your last number one. one. <laughs> my last one. Uh, Graceland by Paul Simon. I love it. This is another one. I guess. I guess it's two. I've got two childhood albums mm-hmm. on here. Um. Oh, it's so good. I can never get enough of that. I still listen to it. I'll shuffle it. I'll mix it in. I just. I had bought a new I buy music because I roll around town with a flip phone <laughs> um, and so I I, <laughs> I buy things on Bandcamp and I just got a new new to me Hot Mulligan album I just bought Opportunities and I would listen to that on repeat for a few days and then I was like alright I'm gonna spice it up so I shuffled Opportunities and Graceland the other day and it was great <laughs> no I love I love Graceland. I love Paul Simon in general. Graceland is wonderful. Just the like African choir like elements throughout it. If I don't know something about how to, if you want to know like how to write pop songs that aren't stupid, look at Paul Simon. That's, that's all I got to say. Listen to the hooks at like just the bass lines, how they turn into hooks easily. Just, I don't know the way that man like looks for talent too in the bands that he plays with. It's just something. It's it's golden and Graceland is golden. It's a well respected album, so I don't feel like I need to defend it or anything. You know, thank you, thank you for thank you for bringing up Paul Simon, a case study in what Katy Perry could have been if she stayed with Radiohead. <laughs> uh, that I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I appreciate it though. In <laughs> uh, another life, it could have been, uh, she could have been Julia down at the schoolyard. God, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Simon, we we talked about the thing we were supposed to talk about. Have you have you been uh, consuming any other entertainment, like watching, reading, anything? Uh, you know. I haven't really had a ton of time to do a lot of watching or reading, mm-hmm. but I have been listening a lot. Tell me. Tell me about it. Well, one of my favorite things to do on YouTube is probably just shuffle play my recommended songs. Nice. Yeah. And you'll get a lot of like new, interesting stuff that has no relation whatsoever to what you're normally listening to <laughs> because it's YouTube. Um, I think it's actually in one of these playlists but i've recently been on a sort of like vintage 50s kick dude completely out of nowhere nice but it's i'm kind of i'm kind of vibing with it some of these songs are kind of amazing who are you listening to um you know it started with the ink spots how did it end oh like this sorry (sighs) i'm sorry yeah i I love i love neon trees (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so they're sort of, you know, I just shuffle played them, and then I got sort of into them, and then I realized, this isn't a 50s radio station. This is the Fallout soundtrack. 
and then from there it was basically just every song in in fallout because that's great you know i think one of the things you really have to pay attention to when you're listening to a lot of music is like you got to go back to your roots Mm -hmm. you know and what better way to do that than with the ink spots and hot mulligan (laughs) i love it (laughs) what about you daniel me um i've been listening to well last week i talked about uh the kind of like soul music i ended up shuffling around because of the internet uh but i started watching i don't remember if i talked to i don't remember if i had a review of this movie or if i've even talked about it before on this podcast i feel like i might have but uh the tolkien biopic i watched again i can't say that i like it because tolkien is a hero of mine and they got so much wrong the the tone so i don't know it's a couple years old i'll just say it I, I, I mean, I'm not a historian either, so if I'm saying something wrong, don't sue me. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a point where his, he, his guardian is a priest because he, uh, you know, he's an orphan. And there was this dynamic where this priest didn't want him in a relationship with the woman who would be his wife. And they, the tone of that kind of triangular relationship of disapproval they really seemed to spike that up for drama in the movie and it what it wasn't so like harsh from my understanding and different things like that i wish it was about his early life but i wish they would have like brought a little more about like the inklings and things into it mm-hmm. um and there, there was just bits and bobs that just weren't accurate so accuracy i'd have to give it like a two out of ten the tolkien estate really really didn't like it they took a poo-poo on it but as far as a movie goes, it was very well made, very emotional. I I like I got emotional watching it, just like seeing. The cinematography was great. He when he's in World War One, he's like looking up from the trenches, and as you know, as they're bringing flamethrowers down into the, he's seeing the dragons and like, mm-hmm. he he's like seeing March of the Dead, it, and it's really interesting. Um, so as a movie is really fun, but you know it's not accurate yeah well i think i think one of the things that no one really talks about with that is how much of an effect world war one had on writing on oh, the yeah. writing of um yeah the hobbit there's a Lord there's a Rings. book called uh what's it called no it's in the other room it's called a hobbit a wardrobe and a war or i don't remember it's about the effect world war one had on lord of the rings and uh c.s lewis Mm -hmm. uh and it's really interesting because it also talked a lot in that book about um the environmentalism of tolkien this movie actually that's another thing the movie did not touch on his environmentalist leanings at all and that was a really really important part of tolkien as a person and the elements he was introducing into his writing so that's another disappointing thing there's they left out the environmentalism which is a little sad especially in this day and age mm-hmm. especially because it's so important yeah you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting how much of an effect like current events can have mm-hmm. on like stuff like literature yeah. or entertainment or even music yeah like like with what's going on right now mm-hmm. with the stock market and <laughs> all of that yeah do you, do you think we're going to see repercussions from that across, oh. like, literature and Art. music and you entertainment? Know, probably. I feel like we probably, we probably are. And I think just increased awareness. 
I think there's a, definitely an increased awareness of how rickety Western society is. <laughs> it is, it's so like Western society is just like, I don't know. It's we're, like we think we're, hu- I don't know. We think we're fine, and that, like everybody's realizing what a death trap we're all living. <laughs> we're we're held together with duct tape, but at least I made the duct tape. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's interesting. Yeah, just a thing to watch for all those, how that shapes people. I was listening to somebody just the other day on a podcast or YouTube video or something talking about how they they're talking about uh, C.S. Lewis's like philosophy and theology and how he seemed like the kind of person who might have leaned towards the pacifist leanings of his beliefs. But because he was writing around World War Two, there was all this precedent to leave pacifism behind because here's a with Hitler taking mm-hmm. over Europe here's a clear reason why we should not be endorsing pacifism right now we we can't let somebody like that in power so someone who may have very well been a pacifist if he had those same beliefs in another time was writing about um, reasons for war and stuff like just reasons for war and so it's really interesting yeah yeah who knows who knows what our culture will create as far as art goes in these times Ooh, nice twist to this episode. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Simon. Well, so here's the thing. Usually I tell everyone at home how much we love them. And then Tim yells, bye, babies, in a very high voice. But now now it's up to you. Oh, I get to, I get to pick which role I play? No. Oh. No, you get to say bye, babies. You oh, I get, get to say bye, babies. Well, okay, you get to pick which role you play. All right. Okay, I'll say bye, babies. Are you sure? Yeah, I'll say bye, Are babies. You, were you, was that what you were going to pick? Uh, yes, it was. Okay. All right. All right, babies, we love you very much. Bye, babies. Bye.